Yes, well, Zach did ride his first winter at Armidale when he was apprenticed to a fellow by the name of Trevor Hardy. Now, Trevor's about to join us. We're going to reflect on those early days, but Zach Purton, six winners there at Chartin from 10 races. Extraordinary effort, but the horse we all thought he'd win on, Lucky Swayness, he just was sluggish out of the gates. He couldn't keep up. Then he got keen when the pace slackened off. And look, sectionally, he was very good. I dare say he'll step out favourite at his next start, but it didn't help if you backed him there at the short odds. Lucky Sway Ness, but sectionally good. But just that's, he, he can be sluggish. He's an interesting horse. He's, he's often sluggish out of the gates, and Zach has to get stuck into him. But given where he was drawn, uh, he had horses all around him. And then, as I said, he got on the heels and so on. But certainly his performance, taking everything into account, was certainly had plenty of merit, the sprint star in Lucky Swayness. But just with Zach Purton, on the back of those six winners on the weekend, um, he was telling us recently, of course, he, he wasn't born in Coffs Harbour where he was apprenticed. People think I'm a Queenslander, um, but because of my early days as an apprentice riding there in Brisbane, in south-east Queensland, but yeah, I was born in Lismore. Um, I lived there until I was seven, and then we moved to uh, Carpenter's Rocks, which is near... Mount Gambia in South Australia. We had a little beach shack right on the water, which was really nice. And then we moved to New Zealand for five years, I think it was, um, when, from when I was seven to 12. And then we moved back to Carpenter's Rocks in uh, South Australia for another 12 months. And then we moved to Coffs Harbour when I was 14. Um, and I started my apprenticeship in Coffs Harbour. And how did that start with Trevor Hardy back then? Yeah, it did. So he was, I think he was 60 when I walked into his stable um, as, a, as a 14 and a half year old. So he was old school. He was hard. I knew nothing about racing. Uh, he basically had to teach me everything. Um, but yeah, he was what I thought was hard on me back in, in those days. And the only apprentice he had on had before me was Glenn Collis, who, who's, as we know, is a very successful jockey uh, himself. And he was flying in Brisbane at the time. And all I used to hear about was Glenn this, Glenn that. And I used to think, I can't wait till I meet this Glenn guy so I can <laughs> wring his neck. <laughs> I'm sick of hearing about him. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it was he was very good to me. I lived with Trevor um, on weekends and school holidays. Uh, and then when I started as an apprentice, lived with him um, in all those early years until I moved to Brisbane, which I lived there for a couple of years then I moved to the Gold Coast for a couple of years um, with John Wallace I finished my apprenticeship uh, under John Wallace and then uh, once I completed my time I moved to Sydney for two years uh, before coming to Hong Kong so I've been around everywhere um, and Trevor said at the time that I was the best horse that he'd ever trained because obviously the 25% he was collecting was <laughs> Every time I went back home, he'd have a new car, a new horse truck, a new pagola out the back, a new TV. And <laughs> it was it was all from me. So there you go, Trevor Hardy. How are you, Trev? Yeah. Now is that true <laughs> yeah, or not? Yeah, yes, most of it's true. <laughs> he did exaggerate a few things, I think. Most of it was true. <laughs> yeah, but just yeah. you know, you're a big part of this man's career. Like he said, he knew nothing when he walked into your stable. You must be very no, proud. No, he didn't. Uh, I got in touch with one of the stewards. Um, uh, he went went and saw them when he wanted to be a jockey, and they came to me and seeing whether I was interested in apprenticing him, and I sort of did. At that time, I had sort of 15 or 20 horses in work, so, you know, there was plenty of work for him and, and that type of thing. But, um, yes, we used to go to the beach. I used to ride and lead a horse or lead, hang on to his horse so because he couldn't hold it. He was only 33 kilos. And uh, I'd ride alongside of him and, and he used to blow up because he wouldn't hang on to nothing. He had me swinging on two horses. 
<laughs> and uh, and that, but it taught him everything. He couldn't go onto the track until he was 15. So, you know, that first sort of, he used to come in the holidays and things, and then he started living with us full time and, and that. And uh, my wife at the time, well, my wife passed away now, but um, when she was here with him and she used to manage him, she managed him even like when he went to Brisbane and everything and got all his rides and that for him. And uh, we all got on good. He was sort of, uh, a lot of people used to say he was a bugger of a kid and things like that, but he wasn't with us. He was quite good. And uh, and we had that time and, you know, he used to go to, um, after he sort of um, outrode his claim here and he used to still go to Brisbane and ride and come back home again. And, you know, he has his, had his room and everything here and that. So uh, that was good. It was a good beginning. And he, I always knew from day one that he had ability. He had a terrific balance and... You know, he, he could he could sit on a horse and jump from underneath me even when he couldn't ride and he'd sit there, you know, he just had that, that balance and we'd done a lot of things with him and watch videos and, and that type of thing in his young days because we had time then to do it and and that it all worked out and I knew he'd go good. I don't say I knew he'd go to where he has now, but I always knew I used to say to people, This kid's gonna make the grade, you know, he's gonna be a, a city city jockey and and that but I didn't sort of ever think that he'd get to the height that he, that he is now, you know. Yeah. Well, he said you yeah. were you were hard on him. Um, so, so, so. Oh, that, that's a bit of an exaggeration. <laughs> so, <laughs> I mean, those, those days, well, you, you, you sort of kept them in line. I mean, today, apprentices seem to have the run of the place and, you know, do as they want to do and all the rest of the thing. But when you went back and that, they were apprentices to you. It's like having an employer, you know. You, you wasn't tough on him. You didn't, you know, he didn't. Uh, if he went and rode away, I didn't. I didn't expect him to, you know, come home and do work in the afternoon and things like that. He pretty had it pretty easy actually. Once he started riding and travelling a little bit, he he didn't do much as far as stable work and that done, you know. But uh, but he always came back. Even when he went to Brisbane, he'd come back down and ride the horses for me, and it was a big advantage to me having um, a rider in his class, even though he was still an apprentice. But you know. He was well, well and truly above anyone that was in the country, you know, any of the jockeys that was here at the time. Yeah, imagine so, him riding with three we, kilos. Goodness gracious me. Yeah. We had, we had a lot of winners, you know, and it was great. I bet it was. Yeah. 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 Were there any influences with him at the time, like his mates hanging around or girls or anything like that? Oh, you had to say, listen. When he, when he went to Brisbane, he did. They had a lot of hanger-ons and, you know, because he, he had money and things like that. And there was a lot of them that, you know, he had to sort of sit him down sometimes and sort of say, you know, you've got to, you know, this is your job. And, and my wife was curious to get into him a bit because, you know, people would ring up and want an interview with him and he'd say, no, I'm asleep and that. And she used to sort of blow up and say, you know, this is your this is your career, you know. You get up and talk to people and if you want to do it. And she was very good with him, you know. So, and and they got on well. They got on well. There wasn't any, any hassles or anything that far so when the alarm got off, got, went off in the morning, he was right out of bed and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, oh yeah, 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 yeah. Well, living here, living here with us, of so, you know, he'd be out with me to go to work and things like that. But as I say, if he went to Brisbane and rode next morning, if he came home that night, and we finished up um, getting a unit and that for him up there, so he stayed overnight and come home the next morning, you know, and. Uh, so, so that he didn't have to sort of ride all day in Brisbane and then jump in the car and come back home again. Um, 
So it worked well that way. Yeah. And it was good, yeah. yeah. You would have developed a special bond. I think he said in that interview that you were like a second dad to him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, his parents still live here, though, Phil and Liz, so you know, they, they, they still live here and everything. Yeah, his dad drives a taxis occasionally and his yeah. mum works at the laundromat. Yes, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, no, they, they're nice people, they're nice people. They live out of town a bit, that's why he stayed with us, because uh, they lived out of town and it saved him, you know, coming in, bringing them in every morning and things like that to work. Was he asking yeah. lots of questions back then? Like, what is this for? What, what do we do? You know, all, all that sort of thing. Trevor? Yeah, well, we sort of, um, uh, we, we looked at a lot of videos, looked at a, look, a lot of videos and things like that. And as you were saying about Glenn Collis and that, would, and I was used to showing videos of Glenn riding, you know, because Glenn was firing in Brisbane at the time. And, I mean, he was an apprentice and I sort of had him. And we'd sit down and with the stopwatch to get his times and everything and, you know, so he knew what he was doing with his track work, and he was right. You know, he was spot on with all that stuff. It was just, it was natural ability. I, I keep saying now, it's not what I done for him. He, he had that natural ability. If he didn't have the natural ability, I couldn't have got him to the stage where, where he got to. You know, you just honed it, refined. He, he had it, yes, just refined it and and try to teach him the, you know, the good side of life and things like that. And, and, and do the right thing by everybody, and he was he was good that way. Yeah. <laughs> he said he got sick of hearing Glenn's name. Did Glenn help him along the way in the early days as well? No, well, Glenn had already shifted to Brisbane in the early days, so he wasn't here riding. He was, he was, Glenn was riding. Once he finished his apprenticeship, he went on to go to Brisbane, the Gold Coast, and and um, he was very successful up there. But we did, the two of them weren't together much, you know. So Trevor, yeah. you were saying that you know you'd ride alongside him, you wouldn't hang on hard enough and all that. So when did he start to then transform and morph into someone? You know this this natural talent start to really come into play. How long did that time take? Well, he always sort of had the balance and had everything on the horse, you know, um, and everything worked. But he was just he was only thirty three kilos, and we finished up sending him to the gym, and we didn't want to do too much at the gym because to build him up too much and he might have got too big but he didn't you know and just more or less getting his shoulders and his arms and things like that and he went to the went to the gym and done that we had a sort of a special thing for him that he didn't put the weight on the legs and things like that you know and i had a lot of things i I was a great believer in in fitness of riders i think that you know you want a rider to come back after the race and be able to talk to you not blowing and puffing when he comes back in and he used, he used to do he used to chin ups and things on a bar I had in the backyard, and he could do a hundred chin ups, you know. Like he was he was very fit, and he, he used to ride his bike and swim across the jetty and uh, in the water at the jetty, and you know when he was trying to lose weight, and and that Ron Johnson sort of stayed here for a bit with us and on the diets and things like that, but keep him back down because he did put on on a bit too much weight and was getting a bit heavy. But he seems to have come back down now and settled and done everything and. And uh, apparently he's invested his money and everything good and done all those things. I think his parents were, were good that way. They didn't just let him go and blow the money and things like that, you know. Like do you, a lot of the kids there. Yeah. Do you remember when he first uh, rode one fast walk uh, work when you, he started to step it up at the track before his first ride, which was in 99, November? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He... Um, he uh, he could sort of hold them okay. He wasn't. And he used to ride very short. And um, did he I ride with the toe in the eye in early days? Toe in the eye, yeah. Yep. Yeah. You taught him that? No, no, I didn't. I was not. I was against that part. But anyhow, 
I was old school, you put your foot in the orange, you know. <laughs> but he, he, he sort of done it. And I could see that he, he wasn't going to fall off. He had that balance and that sort of thing. So I sort of let him go on those things. But they all do it now, you know. They all ride that way now. Yeah. Do you remember um, the build-up to his first race day at Grafton? Uh a fair while ago. <laughs> <laughs> it is a fair way, a long time ago, yes. But, uh, you know, he's first winner, but he, he sort of rode, well, when I said Elite Ted, that he used to ride that, he'd done, he done most of his barrier trials on him, and he had his 10 trials, and he'd done most of them on him, and I think he won 9 out of 10 of his, his barrier trials, not all on Elite Ted, but they, I think they had to do 10 trials then, and he won, I think he won 9 out of the first 10 trials, you know, and you could see that the horses just run for him, yeah, he just had that balance and that that the the horses just run for him, and you could tell that he was going to make it and and that type of thing, you know. So, but oh no, he was um, he always had that natural ability, and that's something they've all got to have, regardless of what sport you're in, you know. Yeah. yeah. yeah Did you train Magic Zappy's first winner at Armadale in two thousand? No, no, Colin Underhill had it. Okay. Gee, that would yeah. have been a real thrill to see him win his first race, Trevor. First race, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, because I, I had a fair, fair bit of trouble with people trying to pinch him, you know, sort of stewards coming in different areas, sort of coming and saying, oh, you know, do you want to shift up here? Do you want to do your apprenticeship with someone up here and all that type of thing? But it all worked out all right. Yeah. He stayed with me, yeah. 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 He stayed in. We, yeah. we had a good relationship, actually, you know, and we still... We still get on. I don't talk to him as much now as what we used to and that type of thing. But, I mean, he rings me if he hears me somewhere. I'm not someone to get onto Facebook and all this type of thing. But if he hears I'm a bit crook or something like that, he'll ring me straight up. Or if he, you know, if he rides a couple of good winners or something, I'll ring him and congratulate him and things like that, you know. He said you actually yeah. went up to Hong Kong to watch him ride one day. That would have been something special, yeah, Trevor. Yeah, we went up. I think it's, um, he won the two main races the day we went. We went over and um, because see uh, after after Zach, I had five five apprentices from Hong Kong. They sent apprentice over with me over to here, and they done twelve or eighteen months here with me, and now I sent them back, and they're all pretty successful. Uh, I think Alex Lai still he still rides in Hong Kong, and a couple of the boys, um, Paul Lowe, he's uh, he was assistant manager for. I think it was Paul Sutherland, is it, over there in Hong Kong? Uh, and Henry was with John Moore. They all sort of, they they all rode and um, um, uh, one of the other boys sort of, he went really well over there, but then he got tied up with drugs and things and they kicked him out of there and I think he, he's riding in China, I think, now. But, um, you know, so I had all that, I had all those boys after that and... and um, and I probably was a little bit influenced towards him getting to Hong Kong, you know, because I knew a lot of the, the stewards and a lot of the people that were you know, involved in the Hong Kong Jockey Club. He sort of so knew I he was good at a young age, didn't he? Even at the races, I met him many years ago as an apprentice when I was down that way, and, you know, he just knew he was good. He had, like, a bit of a cockiness about him as well. Um, <laughs> well, uh, um, Darren Beedman rode here at Cost just before he went retired when he went to the church and things like that. And, and Zach was only, I don't know, 15 or something. He wasn't, I think he was just starting to ride or something. And 
and I introduced him to Darren, and, and he told Darren he was going to take his place. So he's full of confidence. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Just back to Elite Ted, I remember talking to you about him years ago. He won 13 races for your Elite Ted, wasn't he? A beauty, a lot of sprinters, yeah, sprint he features. Yeah, he, he won four straight in Eagle Farm as a two-year-old, and that we had, I had other good ones, like Saver Buck, uh, Yoan Glover, um, you know, you go right back. I've had a lot of good horses without having any out-and-out champions. So I've had I've had a lot of good horses, and uh, all the horses we sort of bought were were only cheap horses. You know, we didn't I didn't have any be behind me to spend three or four hundred thousand buying horses and that. So overall, we were very successful with the horses that we bought. Yeah, you know? and we mostly bought young horses and and that. Uh, oh, Leach Score, he was another one. Leach Score and. He ran second to um, Guineas twice, and he started favourite in front of Guineas twice, and then Guineas went on and won a golden slipper, you know, so he was a good horse too. Yeah, elite score, yeah. Gee, you bring back memories now, Trevor. So when did the money start rolling in? You started getting the new caravan and cars and all that that Zach talks about. (laughs) That's a bit of an exaggeration. (laughs) We we got a nice home. We've always had a nice home and everything, because we've done pretty well in life, I had, early in. And that, and we put a new room out on the back. It used to be just a, a balcony at the back, and we done it in with like a Queensland room, and done it all in. And he he come home, he come home. That's when he was in Brisbane. He come home, and he said, "Oh, you got all this new." I said, "I just jokingly said, yeah, you paid for it, you know." So now he rubs it into me all the time. <laughs> so what was the deal back then? Given he was making all this money, did, was he? Did he have access to that in those days or not? How did that work? Yeah, he, no, he only he had to, he drew drew what he wanted. Um, he could get the money out for a car. He was travelling, and he he had like a a credit card. He could only put petrol and stuff on it, and he had to, they used to pay that for him out of his money because he was running backwards and forwards to Brisbane and things riding, and he had expenses. Now I think his wages at the time was about two hundred and eighty dollars a week or something like that. So they can't survive on that without getting their money, you know. Yeah. And it was just the time they used to hold it until they come out, but they still held the biggest majority of it. And I, that's why I said his parents were good to him. When it came out, they grabbed him and said, okay, this goes in the bank here and you're not, you're not having a go at this, you know. Because as I say, he did have a few hanger-ons and they probably... Oh, yeah, once you become famous like Zach, yeah, you've got plenty of friends, yeah. there's no doubt about that. Yeah, yeah. no, so it was... Um, but, but everything worked out good. Yeah. Well, you should be very but, proud. And Glenn Collis, who um, we, we mentioned, I only checked yeah. Glenn last week. He's got some problems with his shoulder at the moment. He may not ride again, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, he, he sort of wasted his money a little bit after he, I tried to talk him into buying a unit with his money because that was all in the bank. It wasn't a great lot. I don't know, forty or 50000 I think he had in the bank, but that would have bought a unit down here at the time. And... I tried to talk him into doing that when he came out of his time, but he sort of wasted a bit of money, got tied up with the girls and things like this, you know, and, and that. And he wasted a lot of his money, and he was sort of a little bit careless with him. But I I get on great with Glenn, you know. They were, they were both at the Gold Coast and Road here a few years ago, and I still got the clipping in the paper, actually, and they, they had an interview with us out in the middle of the, middle of the thing and and, uh, and just tell you about what exactly his what's the name he was telling the fellow I used to make him I used to make him polish me shoes and things like this you know he used to he used to say oh yeah he, oh, he's really tough he used to make me clean his shoes so that never ever happened <laughs> and Glenn Collis yeah. of course he was cheeky as well thus the nickname yeah. which I, I can't mention why he was called Spike but um Spike, yeah, Spike, yeah yeah but he was yeah. cheeky as well wasn't he in the early yeah, days yeah well he used to like he was a great kid he was 
he used to ride down, ride his bike down to work because his parents only lived around the corner from where we do. And he'd ride his bike and he'd be there rain or whatever it was. And, you know, he started off with Val Fagator, actually, his apprenticeship. And then uh, Val made an agreement with me because he was riding all the work for me. And he said, I'll pay him one week and you pay him the other. That's what he used to do those days, you know. And, and then he had then come out one day, he said, he said, I've only get paid here every second week. And I said, what do you mean? He said, well, Val's not paying me. He said, you're, you're paying me every second week. <laughs> so we had to put a stop to it, and I took him on completely myself then. Ah, uh, there you go. Yeah. Yeah, Two great jockeys. It don't happen today. And, yeah, well, I've said that. People said, oh, why didn't you have more and things like that? And I said, well, I didn't want to bug my record up. But as no. I did have the boys at Hong Kong. And they all went back home to Hong Kong and started riding in Hong Kong. Well, a couple of them didn't make the grade in Hong Kong, but they, they made the grade as assistant trainers and that, you know. So they've all done very good and they're all good boys, you know. But after my wife passed away, she had an aneurysm out of, just out of the blue and passed away when I, I had the last boy and then I gave it away then. I thought I can't. She has to do all the washing and the meals and everything yeah. for them when they were here because they all lived here with us and... And that, and after she passed away, and I was on my own, I said, oh, I can't, I can't have any more apprentice, you know, I can't just look after them on my own, you know. Lovely so, to talk to you this morning, Trevor. Thank you. Yeah, that's okay. No, it's great. Yeah, bring back some memories. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Thank you, Trevor Hardy, joining us there from Coss Harbour, who, uh, who looked after young Zach and taught him a lot in the very early days. This rider that's won, oh, how many races has he won now? Over 2,500 races, a heap of group ones and over 15,000 rides.